I was circling Sydney and they wouldn't let us land. Wow. And um, every time I like I, was, I put Wi-Fi on my phone, and every time I'd pass the Sydney airport, I'd get a, like a flood of messages <laughs> yes. from the like the media <laughs> yeah. saying, you "Why aren't you a here?" Bit naughty yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> There's been times sometimes where you know it's just got too much, and I've started crying, and it's kind of like you try, kind of want to try and hide it. Hang in there longer than they think you will. Yeah. Just just hang in there because they'll think you're going to give up. They think you're going to be like everybody else who says you're too hard to work with. You are the most inspirational yeah. woman that we've ever met. That's. Welcome to the Sisters That Slay podcast featuring Mim, Fez and Beef, also known as Miriam, Talitha and Ferial. We are three sisters building our mini sister empire and bringing you on the journey. We're passionate about learning and growing from those that have been there, done that, ticked the box, won the prize and have the scar. Real people, real stories, we uncover their secrets to how they are living their best lives and push through their lows. Dream the impossible and make it your reality. One life, the critics, you've got a sisterhood that want to see you slay. Welcome, we've got a very special guest today. The sisters unanimously agreed. Which Woo-hoo! sisters do we have on today? <laughs> we've got... T- Talitha. Oh, that was us. Awesome. <laughs> we got your girl, Ferial. And we have a guest speaker. And we agreed that this woman 100%. is the most inspiring Woo-hoo. woman we have ever met. Yeah. <laughs> and who is this lady? It is Melanie Tate. Woo-hoo. Welcome. Founder and CEO of Puddle Jumpers. How do you feel being here today? Thank you. You guys are too kind. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd just like to start out with how I first met Mel. And she was coming up all over my Facebook feed, but it wasn't actually Mel. It was my friends and they were attending a charity event and they were in these lovely silk caftans and it was a gala ball. And um, because they had these silk caftans on, I thought that Mel from Puddle Jumpers was into silk caftans. And they were saying, you've got to meet Mel. She's so amazing. What she's doing is so amazing. I was like, yeah, that's nice. Like silk caftans are nice. Um, But actually the story behind what Puddle Jumpers does is so amazing and so far from silk caftans. Do you get people like confused with your name at all or? We do. We've had a fair few. We've had pole jumpers, puddle ducks. (laughs) But a lot of people think we're childcare because of the logo. So Yeah, so you'll get to hear about what Amel and Puddle Jumpers actually do. But to get to know you a little bit better, we've got a few questions. which we love. We do love asking these questions because I think they sometimes can be funny and a little bit awkward. But, you know, so the first question is childhood celebrity crush. Tell us. Uh, mine was definitely Marilyn Monroe. Ooh. And Sexy. now, so why did you sort of have a crush on her? Because she's just envisions just gorgeousness? Well, well of course that. <laughs> but um, oh, sorry, also because um, she was a real woman that, yeah. you know, defied what, what was beauty yeah. back then. And um, I think, you know, even today, I think we could still learn from somebody who's so beautiful that um, stood her own ground and even is an independent woman. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so we'll move on to our next question as well. So uh, now we've got uh, a different way about asking this question <laughs> and still to be decided whether this is, will continue the we'll way we do it. it but works. can you please sing your favourite go-to song, like the one that you put on that will know you pump you up in five words? Oh, I'll try. But. <laughs> lyrics, lyrics. Are we ready? Okay, go for it. Oh, my love, it's you that I dream of. Whoa. Oh, my love. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. 
real. <laughs> you get it? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Summer rain. <laughs> yeah, I was. I'm only familiar with the remix, so I was having the beat in my hand, you know, <laughs> dropping it next, you know. But Miriam, did you know that song? Yeah, totally. I yeah. love it. Yeah, you're going to as well. Got to put on your playlist. Actually, yeah. yes, my Power Woman playlist. And now, tell us about your perfect Sunday. My perfect Sunday. Well, I'm a breakfast person, so I would definitely like to get up on a lazy morning, have a bit of a sleep in, and have a really lovely cooked breakfast. Yeah, like um, out in a cafe or just at home. Oh no, I don't want to cook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely out a cafe yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe even head to the beach for a bit. Um, like lots of like no schedule, just hang out with friends and yeah, family and beautiful. Just, yeah. Ah, oh, sounds lovely. And winter or summer? I am definitely a summer person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, and so when we talk about, and, and our, you know, people just want to get to know you, but what does an average day look yeah. like for yourself? We've heard your perfect day, but perfect what day. is the real life? Like day to day or just, you know, as you were describing before, you've, you've got a full on day to day. So where, wherever you want to take it off from. Sure. Uh, there is no average day ever. <laughs> um, lots of planning and scheduling and um, things that just pop up. Um, but yeah, today we're here with you guys this morning. Yeah. Um, and then I've got a meeting with a um, federal member yes. um, later on at lunchtime. And then tonight I'm presenting at the Impact 100. Um, so there will be hundreds of people there tonight. Yeah. And, and the premiere is going to be the there premiere. Tonight. Yeah, well. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Lovely. And then fly out tomorrow morning. So Wow. That's Jet pretty setter. full on. And so you've got an amazing story with Puddle Jumpers. Tell us where it all began. How did it start? Yeah, sure. So um, I've always worked in the welfare sector and always wanted to help people. But I got um, really a little bit, uh, I don't know, I don't know if I can find the right words for it, working with some of the people in um, other not-for-profits. And they all do fabulous work. All of them are amazing. But um, they all sort of have other reasons for existing. They might belong to a church group or they might um, want to cure a disease of some sort or whatever. And I really wanted to start a charity that was about helping people for people. There wasn't, there's no other reason for existing. Um, and there was a lot of gaps in services. So a lot of the um, programs that we run, there is nothing else like that. Mm. So yeah, wanting to start something. Um, what, what year is this? What, what year did you start? It was just seven and a half years ago. So wow. um, I started it from my kitchen table at home. Wow. Love that. Like yeah. yeah, kitchen and table at home. I was telling someone the other day, um, we found a whiteboard that was my original to-do list um, in the shed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, you know, had contact the ATO <laughs> um, to find out if you can start a charity. <laughs> what, what else oh, was wow. on that to-do list? Um, recruit volunteers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it I said, awesome. the That's first so volunteers cool. were at my house um, wow. and I felt bad for them because I had nothing to offer them. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, I was cooking them um, chips in the oven for lunch. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I said, That's the thing that I wanted to do was um, to thank them for their contributions as they were helping me write policies for a charity that didn't exist yet yeah. you know um but um i said i remember my husband coming home and three people that he didn't know sitting around the kitchen table <laughs> helping me write policies and thinking this is a bit crazy and was it puddle jumpers from the beginning was that the name of it or yeah we had a first meeting to talk about we knew what we wanted to do yes but we didn't know what to call it and um the name sort of came up just with that vision of a child jumping up and down in a puddle and thinking about being carefree Mm. and like those best moments in life and not worried about yeah. wet socks or who you're yeah. splashing or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm fascinated as well. So seven and a half years ago, did you, did you have kids at that stage or where were you at the cycle with kids? Yep, I had two, mm. two, two boys. Um, yep. But, uh, yeah, Felix is only four, so he came along a couple of years into the charity. How, how old are your two boys? 
my oldest is 12 and yeah. then my next one's 10. Oh, there great. you go. So you're a busy mum and saving the world at the same time. <laughs> yeah, she Hats slays for you. sure. <laughs> and so what have been some of the biggest highs that you've had uh, in your journey and uh, what has made a difference with what you've been doing? Nothing could compare to making a difference in children's lives. Yeah. Um, that's definitely been my number one thing is um, seeing the success of some young people and especially when they come back and work alongside me. That's that's you know, changing a life is, there's nothing that could be more rewarding than that mm. um, or, or even saving someone's life. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that certainly happened a few times. Mm. Um, but last year was a big year for me for awards and um, that was really lovely. So Ooh, what happened last year? Um, last year we were presented with a few awards for the work of Puddle Jumpers. So we yeah. were presented with the NAPCAM um, Preventing Child Abuse Award. Um, that's a national award and we won that for one of our programs. Wow. But um, we also, um, I was presented with the Joy Noble Medal. Yes. Um, the Joy Noble Medal is the... Do you have these medals with you? Oh, I do. Yes. Oh, wow. Show us. This is a li the little version. It's actually a big glass plate you get, but this oh, is the wow. um, the Joy Noble Medal. Yes. And this one is um, the highest um, award that the Premier gives you for volunteering. Wow. So awesome. um, I was selected last year and I thought I thought at the time that there'd be like multiple people and I got to Festival Theatre and it was booked out Festival Theatre. Wow. And they had the three awards sitting on the stage and I was like, looking and then one's corporate business volunteering one was um indigenous yes and one was like volunteer and um i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah like it's me like, <laughs> so you packed out the festival yeah theater. yeah, yeah. Awesome. well done sold so, out tickets um yeah i'm going again this year as the guest speaker Great. this year so, which is really nice as well they've asked me to come back and do that um but then also i was presented with the um pride of australia medal so um there wow. was um Yes. There's the Pride of Australia medal. Yeah. Wow. Um, and um, that was like a, an absolute honour. Also, there were five um, Pride of Australia medals selected in South Australia yes. from all of the different um, people that were nominated. Because I remember opening up the newspaper and seeing all these beautiful yeah. pictures there and, you know, reading about your story. So, yeah, you I saw I saw you in the newspaper before I ever met you. You um, got a massive blow-up in the newspaper, yeah. is okay. that right? But there's a story about that. Okay. So <laughs> there is a story about that. So then at this, at this luncheon here in... Um, the Keith Murdoch House here yes. in the city, um, they announced that I was the editor's choice. So I was selected from the South Australians here to go to nationally into um, Sydney and I was selected to go on Sunrise and um, yeah. to, to go through and do that. So they booked the flights and, and um, the accommodation and everything. I left here on the Thursday. I was supposed to be on, on Sunrise on the Friday morning. Um, there was a massive flash storm wow. and I was in the air in the plane and I was circling Sydney and they wouldn't let us land wow. and um, every time I like I, was, I put Wi-Fi on my phone and every time I'd pass the Sydney airport I'd get a, like a flood of messages <laughs> yeah. from the like the media <laughs> yeah. saying you why aren't you here naughty yeah. there yeah. 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 why, why aren't on? you here why what's happening really? tell us like tell oh. us what's going on and I'd try and reply but it wouldn't send because yeah. you know, <laughs> I've lost the like circling link around as we stopped there but um, anyway they diverted us to Melbourne and so um, um, my like heart was broken because we couldn't get to Sydney on time to go on sunrise and um we got diverted overnight because then they wouldn't land back in Sydney, and they were gonna they were gonna hire a helicopter and they were gonna hire all sorts because they needed us there, but no one would land because the airport was shut. So um, I 
got to the airport, the transit airport, which of course is like an hour from Melbourne. Um, got there, it was four hours. We hadn't eaten or anything. I, we rang room service. They said they had 110 orders in 10 minutes oh. from all the flights diverted. Oh, wow. I was like, you know, I have to be back at the airport in five hours. I'm not eating. I'm just yeah. going to go to sleep, get dressed again and go. Got back in the plane in the morning, got, got off the plane in Sydney, like went to the breakfast. As I got there, the other finalists um, for the editor's choice were getting in taxis and leaving. Oh. And, they, and I was like, I'm here <laughs> and they're like yeah it's all it, it, was, it was great you, you know it was really good so she just like, went over presented me with the next medal which yeah it looks wow. pretty similar wow look at that there you go. my next medal lovely so, have um, you worn these medals at all do you wear them like out at all <laughs> no I haven't worn them out but they sit on display yeah, most of the time yeah. Um, but yeah so then um, yeah so it got presented with the next medal and wow. then she said um oh, we feel really bad for you, but Sky News is over there. Go and have an interview. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. So went over and had an interview with Sky News and then they said, go down and take some photos. And um, that they were actually really lovely. They felt so bad that um, apparently there was another, um, the Queensland editor's choice. He was also not oh, able okay. to fly down. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, then they, they decided to give me the full page in the paper. So awesome. that was a pleasant surprise. Oh, that's where yeah, I know was I was oh, at that time I was working out at the gym and then I saw actually saw you getting interviewed all over Fox News. I was like, oh, my God, I know that person. So, um, <laughs> so I yeah. drove straight through to camp. I flew back in because camp was on and I, I flew back in and flew straight up to camp to show the children. And, yeah. and everyone the medals. Oh. Um, yep. So I woke up the next morning to a flood of messages because I hadn't seen the paper because I was on camp. Wow. So a flood of messages, people going, nice photo. I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about what you actually do. So there's kids' camps. What types of things does Puddle Jumpers do? Yeah, so our primary work is for children that don't live with their birth parents and um, most of them have been through some sort of crisis or trauma to end up not living in the care of their mum and dad. Mm -hmm. um, and that could be um, a mum or dad that's passed away um, or in prison, or um, it could be that they have been abused or neglected. There's a whole range of reasons why that is the case, but they are certainly, like in my opinion, the most vulnerable mm -hmm. um, because they don't have a consistent role model most of the time mm -hmm. um, who's a positive influence in their lives. Most of those children um, change um, households and uh, they can change, you know, some of them, um, I'll give you an example. I work with a young woman um, who's quite am amazing. She's been in care for three, since she was three months old. Wow. She's had over 50 different carers in her life. Mm. Um, she's um, she's just in year 11 this year. Or she's just going to leave school now. But, yeah, an amazing young person. And that, her story is not alone. There's lots of other young people that we work with who um, just feel like they don't have consistent role models Um you know, and so Puddle Jumpers tries to fill some of that void for them. Um, we provide holiday camps and an opportunity for them to experience things for the first time, which might be you know first time rock climbing, but it could also be first time hanging out in your pajamas cooking pancakes. Yeah, it wow. could be um, yeah just normal everyday things that you take for granted. Yeah, um, we have often um, siblings who don't live together, so. Um, I couldn't imagine that, but, mm. you know, being sisters, I'm sure you can understand what that yeah. might feel like. Yeah. But, yeah, five siblings who live in four different households oh, no. um, and they come together on a camp and so they might have their first shared birthday cake yes. um, wow. or their first, um, their first time just exchanging stories about what it's like in their own lives and yeah. so wow. yeah heartbreaking in mm. lots of ways um but really beautiful in, in other ways because i guess for many of the children they see us as sort of an extended family yeah mm. they um, would. yeah and you feed the community once a week what happens with that yeah so that's sort of our early intervention program um 
about uh, two and a half years ago, we started saying, well, how can we, if, if, if the problem is that children are being removed from the care of their parents, how can we try and minimise that? How can we try and reduce that from happening? So we looked at what stresses are with the children and that are doing it tough. And um, food insecurity is big. In fact, um, food insecurity, if you are a child, you're 22 percent more likely to be um, not getting enough food here mm. in South Australia. So yeah. it, it's huge, you know, not enough food in lunchboxes, um, kids that go hungry. And so we, we thought, well, why don't we um, uh, put food out for families and, and encourage them to come along? There's lots of other food relief agencies out there, you know, that, that do a great job. But our focus is on the child, not on the um, parent. And that changes things. So um, for us, the children do the job for us because they want to come along to food night because... Right. At our food night, we have games for the children. We have a play area. Um, we have a literacy program where they can read books. And we also um, do other sort of support things like hairdressers um, or a doctor's clinic. Or Kids are having their first haircut. Is that right? Their first yeah. time they've ever had a haircut. You yeah. Guys giving it to them. Yeah. 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 The very first time I was doing a little Facebook live video and we're about to have our first community card, our first, you know, and I said, how do you feel? And this little girl would have been about eight or nine. And I, how do you feel? You're our first ever free haircut. And she said, I've never had a haircut. I've oh, only wow. ever had a blood That's test. Mm, yeah, yeah, and I thought eight or nine and never had a haircut before. So yeah. it's just it'd be one of those life essentials that we take for granted and just think, you know, if you want a haircut, you just go and get it done or you book in. or. Yeah. But, yeah, um, we had a woman who hadn't had a haircut in 13 years. Wow. Yeah. Um, and you also run um, some op shops as well. Is that um, they're available for people to give um, their clothes to or they – all intertwined, is that right? Yeah, so it is all intertwined. Um, I learned that lesson if you're talking about a business perspective, which I'm still learning, but I learned that when, once I put the Puddle Dumpers logo on the op shop, people go there for help so because they know that it's a place. Right. So we, um, although I set it up as a fundraising arm and as a way to bring in income, it also gets a lot of outreach. So we get a lot of domestic violence cases of people that turn up asking for clothes and things. Yeah. Um, we get a lot of homeless people and um, those kinds of things. So what we've done to try and help in that process is we have a food cart in both of the op shops also. So people can access food there daily. Um, and, um, and you know, of course, if someone was in need, then we would support them um, through the shops. But it's also a great shop that you can go and purchase some things and yeah, pick beautiful. it up at bargain prices. And yeah, we're happy for donations. And um, there's the two op shops, one on South Road at um, uh, Edwardstown or um, St Mary's and um, one on um, Port Road at Highmarsh. The one at Port Road at Highmarsh is still relatively new. Um, we're still sort of doing it, but it's much, much bigger. It has furniture and things in that one. Yeah. Awesome. And tell us, what are some of the struggles and the low points in your journey um, to get it to where it is today? We have had our fair share, <laughs> for sure. Um, someone said to me um, early on, I said, I felt really alone and I think as a business owner you would probably – feel that you feel yeah. like you're the only one that's making those decisions and everyone else can go home at the end of the day and you're mm. still the one that's plugging away at whatever yeah. has to get done yeah. um, and that's certainly no different in not-for-profit I felt very alone and there's still times now where I feel like I'm the only one that does that um, and um, I guess one of the biggest low points was um, a few years back nearly two years back um, I had spent um, about five years building a property up um, and um, 360 um, 
$6,000 worth of work to be done on it. 65 businesses contributed. Um, this building was ready for us to use. We'd only been in it for 18 months and then the like, rug got pulled out underneath us um, and we got told we had to like leave. Wow. Um, and I said, I remember being devastated. I can't go back to my kitchen table at home. Where are the families going to eat? How is this going to, where are we going to plan camps? It's too big. I don't know how to, so I was overwhelmed. Um, and I remember getting the phone call from the lawyers saying, you know, you lost the case. You, it's, wow. That's it. It's over. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I remember sitting at the desk and just burst into tears. And the volunteer that was at the offices at the time, Sue, she still volunteers with us, she didn't know what to do. So she was shuffling paper from one desk to the other. Are you okay? Are you all right? I don't know. I, I don't know. What should I do? And, and then I called a couple of the volunteers and within 24 hours, um, Oh, sorry, that night we had about 50 volunteers who turned up at the offices and they were making phone calls, they were setting up petitions online, they were wow. you know, doing all sorts. Within 24 hours we had our first rally and there were 200 people in the front yard of our building and we wow. had the newspaper and the radio and you know, and we had politicians, everybody down there and we were in the advertiser and um, there, yeah, within a week the Premier's office came down and they offered us the building that we're in now, which is yeah. the Department for Child Protection building. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I said to someone, I would never want to relive that. That was, you know, a, a horrible nightmare. I said I was really robotic mode. So I remember sitting at my desk and that feeling of alone, sitting at my desk and none of the volunteers wanted to talk to me. They were all walking past my office. Um, oh, don't look, she's crying. Like they didn't know what to say to me. They didn't know how to deal with it. And one volunteer kept coming into the offices and I just kept relaying instructions. Get someone to go into change.org and make up a petition. Get someone to pull out the client files and start at A and start calling them. Get someone to send an email to, you know, Channel 7 News, Channel 10. Like I just kept uh, now here's the credit card, someone better order pizzas. Like I just like, was on autopilot, yeah. but I yeah. remember just feeling like, why can't someone else take the reins for yeah. a little bit, yeah. you know? But it's totally cool, I think, that you can be vulnerable in that situation. Yeah. Like there's been times sometimes where, you know, it's just got too much and I've started crying and it's kind of like you try, kind of want to try and hide it from staff, but, you know, if you're really upset. So it's so cool that they could, yeah, that you could just walk through it. And then within a week you had like a silver lining to this whole situation. Wow, that's awesome. And just thinking about that, when you're saying you go on autopilot, but what you're a remarkable woman and what do you think got you through that tough time but also tough times in general? I always say um, where I draw my strength from is really looking at the kids that we make a difference to. Yeah. How could you possibly give up on that? How could yeah. you give up on saying, well, if I wasn't to run what I'm running or if I wasn't to stay out late and help a young person – that their life wasn't worth living because yeah. no one else is going to do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, Bailey and I uh, recently, we, we spent about two weeks in the hospital with a young person. She's 16 and had her first baby. Now, I can't imagine being 16 and having no one to hold my hand mm. while I deliver a baby. Yeah. And then, you know, through a horrendous period of um, her baby was removed from her care and um, then she got really ill and she got violently ill. Um, she um, she developed septus and, you know, was pretty life or death for a little bit mm, there. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, we, 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 Bailey and I were in the hospital room with her saying nothing else is more important right no, now. We'll sit with it, you know, I'd certainly have my laptop there and would check a few emails and respond to a few calls and do those things. But right now this young person needs somebody to hold their hand. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's what we did um, for, yeah, for two weeks. Wow. <laughs> 
That's incredible, huh? How many kids do you think you've um, helped? We, we, we try to measure the impact because it's a bit trickier around the community food nights, but we do, we're do. we getting better at getting the statistics. Um, last year we estimated around 16,000 people that were supported um, and the children's numbers of that were probably around the 6,000 mark. Yeah. Um, in, in South Australia, um, we're and it's a bit loose, but probably about four and a half thousand children don't live in care, um, live with um, other people. And so we're trying to reach as many of those as we can. Mm. I mean, absolutely incredible to see, just hear from the founder that's the founder of this charity that is, let's say, is it a non-for-profit, profit-for-purpose charity? What do you like to, what do you refer yourselves to? Um, Well, we definitely are a not-for-profit because we don't, I don't, I don't make money out of it, yeah. Um, but um, we are for purpose. Of yeah. purpose, yeah. And I guess to hear that you are with a sixteen-year-old girl that's just had a baby, has no one, is sick, and you're there, look like supporting her and going. It doesn't matter about emails. Like this is why mm. we have unanimously voted you are the most inspirational yeah. woman that we've ever met. That's outstanding. And I think um, you're sharing some other success stories from other. I think one of the awards that you won, you got one of the girls to speak about how um, how Puddle Jumpers had impacted her life. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So that was the Impact 100 um, last year and um, she talked about feeling lost and she talked about uh, when she came on her first Puddle Jumpers camp, she felt like she didn't belong. And then, you know, a few days into it, quickly learnt that it's a place that we belong. Um, and uh, I guess for me, um, someone I said, I've, I've got my three sons, as I mentioned before, and I get asked all the time, do you want a girl? Why didn't you have a girl? Do you want to go back and have another daughter? <laughs> and I always say, no, um, I, I have lots of daughters at Puddle Jumpers. Um, yeah. And at the moment, there would be about seven young women who I would consider daughter-like yeah. um, and um, they would refer to me as stepmom or mm. um, or mother-like because they don't yeah. want to call you mum yet but yeah, um, yeah so and, and trying to be there for them can be really taxing mm. um, so um, Bailey's there a lot of the time but um, we would go out like we did Monday night and spend some time with a young person who was really feeling um at the end of her tether um, and the service that she's at a homeless shelter was a bit there at the end of their tether so we need to go and take her out for a little bit cool her down let her know that there are people who care and take her back um, and yeah that sort of thing can be really taxing but I'm really lucky to be surrounded by family and volunteers and supporters who I know will um, have my back around around any of those things I was saying um, like at the moment it's three different volunteers that are looking after my children so that I can do that. Yeah, like this morning one of our volunteers volunteers slept at my house last night so that she could get up this morning and take the boys to school. Um, Yeah, so I'm really lucky and there's no way I could do what I do without the um, amazing people in in, in our lives. And like Elise is at the offices today, she's running the show there. Our amazing volunteers at the op shops, that's all volunteer run. You know, there's a volunteer called Cathy at the... um, South Road one, she pretty much runs that one. And there's another volunteer at the Port Road, Paula, she runs that one. So these amazing, you know, I guess um, a lot of women, but a lot, a lot of men too, um, who are there doing all the essentials too that keeps this all running. Mm. Yeah. Shout out to all those volunteers mm, yeah. out there. You guys yeah. are doing an amazing job. So how do you train all of these people and how, how does your systems work there? Um, well, there's a defined process for becoming a volunteer, so you have to fill in an application form and, and, and do that style there. But um, different volunteers have different training. So um, 
especially on our camps, we do training on site on the camp because it's got to be specific to the children that are coming. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, sometimes like it's on site at the op shop or it's on site at food nights or, yeah. And can you, do you have too many volunteers or can you never get enough or how does that work? No, I'm really good at finding people's strengths and finding out what they can contribute. So I have a 77 year old lady who she can't leave her house um, and she wanted to help. And so what we do is the volunteers drop off a crate of food and she makes food for food night and then the volunteers pick it up from her house. So she still volunteers and contributes every week to the organisation and to making a difference. Um, but through to, um, we had, a, I have this amazing um, volunteer, um, Karina, she has uh, Down syndrome and I've known her for years. She comes on every camp and she does the dishes and um, she said she wants a jumper with on the back it says dish queen. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get her one. Um, but yeah, she does all the dishes on camp. So wow. we just look for ways for volunteers to contribute in a meaningful way that makes a difference and certainly helps everybody in whatever it is, but also makes them feel valued and, and needed. And yeah, by all means, we're definitely not full of volunteers. Yeah. Yeah. You have corporate, you have corporate programs where corporates can volunteer. Is that right as well? Yeah, we do. And um, that can involve group volunteering. So we've had like working bees or it might be um, on the camps, we have shoe boxes um, and the shoe boxes are full of toiletries and things for the children. It's called like a hug in a box. And, um, it means when the children get to camp, they can get a little shoe box that's got all their essentials for camp. And so sometimes we'll do packing days. And so that's a good corporate volunteering opportunity where they come in and they do the packing of the shoe boxes. Or it might be Christmas wrapping or um, it might be um, a working bee. We just did a recent clean out of the shed and that's been... Um, yeah. <laughs> Those sheds where everything and anything and your whiteboard from your... That is um, correct. <laughs> your to-do list when you first started. That was yes. great. <laughs> and um, so what would you... Was there anything that you would have changed along the way? Like would you have done... What have, What lessons have you learned from this or changes that you would have made? I don't think I could change anything because I think I've learned um, along the way about it. Um, I think I'm kind of doing it a little bit back to front because... Uh, when I started, I was just keen about the charity side of things and wanting to run the services for families and um, for uh, the children, and that's where my focus was. But now I'm like understanding, hang on, if I want this to be national and if I want this to last beyond my lifetime, and I do, then I need to make sure its funding is really succinct mm -hmm. um, and we're not reliant just on grants or just on um, donations, um, which is why we opened up the op shops. Yeah. Um, but also we purchased a... Um, a children's party company called Pajama Parties um, last year. Um, and that's sort of my first venture into going, okay, now I need to get better at the small business side of things so that um, the finance and diversify the income so that the, the income streams are coming from multiple places so that it's not reliant on any one part of it. Mm. Um, but I guess I wouldn't have learnt that if I hadn't have done it the other way. The passion mm. had to come first. Yeah. Um, and now I've got people who are passionate about that side of things. So I'm having to shift my focus slightly. Which wow. is, yeah. I get a lot of people, you've raised a really interesting point because I get a lot of people that just say, I want to start a non-for-profit type of thing and they just 
don't have sort of any concept that it's still going to get run in a sort of a business-like manner. Like there needs to be money coming in from somewhere because there's going to be expenses. Like, yes, you. and even when you talk about volunteers, you still have to run that like a team Mm. and encourage and inspire. Um, Do you have any tips for anyone out there that wants to get involved in a non-for-profit or what do you sort of, I'm sure you get a lot of people asking you about this type of thing as well. I do. And one of the things I say to people is that, um, first of all, like don't recreate something that's already out there. If there is already a program that's out there, are your resources better off going and working with that charity and making that charity better? Mm. Um, Because you could still have a phenomenal difference and you could still be life-changing in working with something that's already there. Um, But also um, then uh, I think you do have to think about the future and you think you have to think about um, how you're going to sustain this beyond yourself. There's no no good starting up a charity that's going to be here for a few years and disappear too. Yeah. You've got to be in the long haul. Um, and so when you're talking about puddle jumpers, you said that you purchased a, a business that run pyjama parties. What, Where do you see puddle jumpers moving forward sort of this year and for the next couple of years? Um, well, we actually signed the paperwork the other day for a national application. So, oh, awesome. Yeah, so we're hoping to expand and um, we, I don't know whether you saw on our page, but we've got two little buses now. Ah. We've got two little 12-seater buses. So yeah. we can actually get 12 people, well, 24 people to Melbourne um, on a bus. So the idea would be that we're going to um, go into Melbourne and run our first camp there. Yeah. And we'll take some of our experienced volunteers from here to train the first group in Melbourne and then hopefully build up our Melbourne. And um, what age groups for, when you talk about camps, what age groups um, are the young people that come to these camps? So the very youngest I've had on camp was a six-week-old baby. The six-week-old baby is in the care of her 16-year-old mother who was in the care of her great-grandmother. Yeah. So we had a little um, group there, but normally children would be about five years of age to 15 or or 16 and then they can become volunteers. Yeah. yeah. And oh, so wow. how much, like, have you done much planning yet for the Melbourne one or are you the type of person that let's just do it and work out a way? How do you, what happens? What's your thought process? Well, life keeps getting in the way. <laughs> so um, we, we have started the process off, but we um, we have to still um, fly into Melbourne and meet with the, 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 the um child protection side of people there and um, the peak volunteering bodies and things like that. We haven't done that stage of things yet, but that's the next do you find there's like a lot of red tape, a lot of sort of um, government organisations that you kind of get um, setbacks from? Or No, I think most people are really supportive. Right. Uh, I mean, we, we, we often take the children that other programs um, don't have anymore or children that are banned. Yeah. Um, and so other other welfare agencies love us because we'll take the kids that are really challenging. Mm, um, wow. You know, uh, on, on one of the recent camps, I had a young girl, a social worker rang me and said, look, she just got banned from another camping organisation. Um, so her behaviour is really erratic. Are you sure? And I said, look, it's fine. Like, I'm on camp. We'll give it a go. We'll see how it goes. Now, I stood out in the driveway at the campsite and the bus pulled up and off the children came. Now, she threw herself off the bus and jumped onto me and said, Mama Bear, how are you? And um, I was like, oh, Lottie, we're in for a camp. <laughs> Has she met you before? Yeah, she's oh, met me before. Okay. She met me before. Yeah. So I was like, oh, here we go. And she's intimidating because she's like, a, yeah. looks like she's 18, but she's, you know, only young, only 13, and she acts like she's 18. And so oh, here we go. So I thought, okay, how are we going to do this? How am I going to set this up? So later on, um, I said to her, like, let's go for a bit of a walk. Let's have a chat. So a group of children came with us, went for a walk through the campsite. And I said, now, 
um, how have you been? And she said, have you heard, have you, have you heard the news? And I said, yes, I did hear the news that, you know, um, and I said, are we going to have any problems on this camp? And she said, no, I'm not going to have any problems here. I like you guys. Yeah. So, um, and we really didn't, we didn't have any problems Great. with her. Um, wow. I mean, still it's a teenager, <laughs> yeah. but you know, Normal. <laughs> so there was challenges, but yeah. we didn't have any of the other sort of expected problems. And, and- how do you cut through with these kids that are basically banned from everywhere else? Like, how do you, how do you? I have to say, I think our volunteers are the most amazing people. Right. And um, the volunteers who are genuinely there because they want to make a difference to kids and they don't give up. Yeah. Um, and so some of that training that we work with around, you know, if if there's a child that's doing something, you have to understand that their behaviour is trying to tell you something. And if they're, if they're really are acting out like that, it's probably because they're scared yeah. and it's probably because um, they've been through something pretty horrendous. So don't give up on them yeah. and just keep persisting because they like and I, we always say I've got a few male sayings but hang in there longer than they think you will yeah just just hang in there because they'll think you're going to give up they think you're going to be like everybody else who says you're too hard to work with yeah. um, and that's what they're waiting for so once we get over that hurdle with them then it's it's easy because they want to be there they know that you care yeah um, and consistently show up that's the other thing that we say is consistently show up for them Yes, great. And I just love like you just uh, have this whole empire of things that you're doing. So how many activities do you sort of have going on in one week sort of? Um, Well, we host work for the doll placements as well at both the op shops and at um, Puddle Jumpers at the offices. So um, we have work for the doll placements. We have students who are on placement with us. We have um, the the offices, which can, you know, sometimes be really quiet, but sometimes you can have up to 30 people a day working in those. Um, we have the yeah, planning of the camps and the activity days. One of the things um, that um, Bailey and I are working on is um, our young parents camp. So an early intervention, looking at early intervention again, and we're looking at running a camp for young mums and their babies um, as a way to try and support them early. Mm. Um, and, and even even mums that have had their babies removed and are trying to get their babies back in their care, if we can help them with learning parenting skills and um, if we can help them with um, uh, building up a network of other young people in mm, similar circumstances. Great. So, yeah, a whole, always lots and lots of them on the go. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Bailey's been mentioned a few times. I feel like she's uh, in the studio with us. Give it, get in Hi, quickly. Bailey. Come, come in a video so you can quickly say hello. Yeah, next to Miriam. There we go. So, do you <laughs> want to just hello. introduce us to Bailey? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bailey, there you go. Just have a little <laughs> mic there for you. <laughs> Gotta so come close it, to the mic. What is it like working with Mel? Um, crazy, hectic, <laughs> but all, it's pretty amazing all at the same time, learning a lot from her every day. So, yeah, it's pretty insane, but I love it. So, How long have you been with Mel for? Um, only about a year and a bit, I think, so far. Yeah, I finished school two years ago, so I kind of jumped straight in after school and kind of thought oh, wow. I want to make a difference and just been straight in. So, <laughs> And yeah. what do you help her with? Um, everything at the moment, you know, all the young kids she's been talking about who need help, um, support, uh, food nights, camps, activity days, and just I'm in the offices every day as well. So mm. I love wow. it. Yeah. That's so good. Awesome. There <laughs> you go. You. Put you on the spot there. <laughs> Bailey. Love it. <laughs> Whenever I've seen Mel at events, she's just got all these other passionate people 
but yeah just so inspired to help you as well it's really admirable as a leader to be able to create that vision with your team of volunteers and that's a testament to you yeah and I think the underlying message you're you're just doing it for the young people you're doing it and that's your purpose and I think you know forming those relationships are so key because they're missing out on having you know that that positive influence in their life and you know the system does let them down so it's really inspiring to hear what you do in your story so thank you and so what words of wisdom do you have to other people that want to pay it forward? What should, what could we, what should we be doing? Um, what do you think? Well, um, I should tell you that on all of our camps, we do this beautiful thing called Ripple Time. And um, I, I can tell you the very first camp when I did it was very funny because I did it with the volunteers the night before um, the children got there and the volunteers' faces were all like, are you kidding? Are you actually kidding? Is this, is, this is not going to work. The children aren't going to get it. But we did ripple time with the children the next day or the next night. I persisted anyway. Don't give up hope. I persisted. Um, and um, what it is is we put a bowl of water in the middle of the room and the children sit in a circle, the volunteers sit in a circle, and we get a stone and we talk about that your actions are the stone, your thoughts and your actions are the stone. And when you pop that into a bowl of water or into a pool of water, it creates ripples. And if you're thinking good things and you're doing good things and you're like – being kind to other people, that you can create positive ripples in your life. But if you're thinking bad things and you're doing bad things, you can also create negative ripples in your life. Great. Um, And the children get an opportunity to get a stone and um, talk about somebody that's been positive and they pop that stone in the water. And the volunteers do too. Now, the very first camp, um, the next day, the next morning, I did it with the children. They all thought it was great. I thought, yep, okay, I'm not sure if they got it or not. The next morning, I was walking up to the um, main building and past the children's dorms, and a little girl ran out and she was like, Mel, Mel, I listened to what you said last night. And you were right. I did something nice for somebody without expecting anything in return, and I felt really good. Mm. And she, I said, Oh, did you, darling? And she said, Yes. I got up early this morning and um, I picked up all the wet towels off the floor um, and I hung them all up outside for the other kids in the dorm and I I felt really good. Another little girl came running out of the dorm and she said, and you're right, I saw that and I thought that is good, how can I do something nice? So she said, I went back in the dorm and I made all the kids' beds. Oh, wow. And I thought, oh, see? The young people did that. Yeah, I was like, see, the children children got that. picked it up. The children got this, yeah, positive ripple. Um, but yeah, we've got many, many stories of um, young people who have learnt that way. So I just say to people, start where you are, wherever that is. Um, you can do something nice for your mum, your sister, your yeah. your children, your coworker. Like, and if you genuinely are just doing it because without expecting anything in return, I think that's that whole good karma will come back to you <laughs> at some yeah. stage. Yeah, that's great. And you've got like a a, a ball, is that right? We're all, we're all want to get to get yeah, to that ball. Yeah, we're excited. So, what tell is us happening. Yeah, it's called the Umbrella Ball. Umbrella the Umbrella Ball. Um, and um, kind of because it's in the middle of winter a little bit as well. It's in August, but um, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, it's um, 31st of August and it's at the National Wine Centre. And <laughs> tickets are on sale. Um, and yeah, it's um, going to be a night of fun. Um, but also, you know, you, you'll probably hear from um, one of the children that have been through through paddle jumpers and, and some. But that's only a small portion of the night. The, the night is about having fun and celebrating. And great. Yeah. And when I heard you, um, I was just I had to get involved. And you have different ways. So for anyone that feels yes, you're they're aligned with what you're doing. How can um, we get involved with paddle jumpers? What aspects do you have? Yeah, absolutely. So there's donating, um, obviously, and so um, yeah, money never goes astray. But um, donating goods is also um, 
good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, we, we have the second-hand op shops, but we also have items for camps or it could be items for the children's um, shoeboxes. Um, could also be donating your time because we know that time is the number one um, thing for you to donate so it might be donating your time and you don't have to commit to ongoing so sometimes people say look I can only give you um, a couple of hours once a year that's fine if that's what you can contribute that's no problem so yeah donating time or, or, or goods or money and that's is great. just going to your website is that right or paddle jumpers or? yeah or you can contact us on social media or yeah okay. yes so where right. do we find you on social I mean if you haven't found her already she's all over <laughs> everything I love what you do you're it's an, fantastic so you've got paddle jumpers and uh, your name Melanie Tate is that right or uh, where what yeah where if you search it? for puddle jumpers SA you'll find us there um, I said it is a funny story I was in um, Marion um, in the shopping center I didn't even have any puddle jumpers logos on me and this lady came up to me and she's like you're that puddles lady aren't you <laughs> <laughs> um, like, yes. I was like uh, yes <laughs> and she's like I know you I know you from um, Facebook so uh, yeah. there you go awesome. yeah and you see I, I actively engage with the audience and I guess that most young people on puddle jump oh, on Facebook as well so they are they engaging with puddle jumpers through Facebook is that a medium that they contact you by as well yeah yep yeah, definitely um that and obviously they they contact a lot on snapchat that's, oh of course that's yeah. the rage with the young is puddle yeah. jumpers on snapchat or are you on snapchat no, that's just me on snapchat. snapchat yeah great i'd yeah. like snapchat i like yeah. it Vero doesn't um snap I, me back so. oh yeah <laughs> whatever that's called i don't snap know i'm on a streak with my yeah. boyfriend at the moment we're oh. six days straight of oh, what straight snapchatting what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm, I'm up with the young people. So, Pearl, uh, do you have your social media question oh, that you, do you love know what? to ask? Just because Mel is just everywhere, she's got videos galore. She's just so on it. She's on fire with everything. So, I was just um, want to get that thought process of your strategy around your um, socials and everything. Yeah, sure. So um, the, we have a we have a couple of groups on Facebook. I think there's about 600 volunteers in one of our groups. The it really throws us when we have a volunteer who's like, I'm not on Facebook. And I'm like, uh, yeah. hang on, how am I supposed to communicate There's still with you? some yeah. weird people out there not on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's, we have, like, I think there's about five volunteers who are not on any social media. Yeah. So it's kind of the running joke at the offices, like, oh, don't forget, we're going to have to send them a text message every time we know when the <laughs> date is on or something. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, we communicate a lot with our volunteers on um, Facebook. Oh, um, there in that, that in that group, we sort of um, advertise any of the events or anything that's coming yeah. up. Um, but yeah, Facebook tends to be our number one. Insta's getting a bit better, but yeah. um, Facebook tends to be our number one. Yeah. And are you doing, so have you got someone else doing your videos and everything like that? Or do you do posts? Who's doing all your socials for you? Yeah, I was saying to someone the other day, I'm still the marketing person. I'm wow. still the, yeah, all of those things. But other other people do contribute. Yeah. So um, yeah, we have gotten better at some of our volunteers in the offices learning how to schedule posts or, or do those things. Um, yeah. But yeah, largely I still do that. Yeah. Wow. So all those videos is you doing it all yourself? Mostly, yeah. Wow. You yeah. are incredible. <laughs> that is amazing. Great. And and what's what else is next for Puddle Jumpers? Where do you see well, – yeah, you're going interstate, is that right? Yeah, interstate, but also um, one of the – like we have some expansion of what we're already doing in some of our programs. So um, uh, a couple of years ago, again, um, we had noticed that some of our young people were starting to disengage around the ages of 13 mm -hmm. because they saw it as a bit babyish to go on these puddle jumpers camps. Right. And so um, I created a Minties program, which is our mentors in training. And um, from the ages of 13 to 15, they can become uh, oh. a Minty. 
ah, that's good. Yeah, and so they come on camp still, but we train them about how to be a mentor wow. from 13 to 15 years, and then they can graduate and become a volunteer. So we're really expanding that area of working with our 13 to 15 year olds because we've noticed there's a massive um, change in them, mm. um, and we're catching them a little bit early as well because 13 is still pretty early to be t learning about. Um, leadership and learning mm. about mentoring and I can tell you that's also really challenging because you're sitting with 13 year olds who are like giggling and throwing stuff and you're like hang on bring yeah. it back yeah. <laughs> let's let's really start talking about how things work but we've just received um, uh, some funding to be able to run a, a Minty's camp so we're not quite prepared for how that's going to go a whole camp of 13 to 15 year olds, year olds. Ah. oh um but but yeah we're really excited about that and we're really excited about um the young parents camp that we're hopefully going to run. Um, and then the other thing, I ran the first, um, I think you mentioned before, Miriam, about the importance of looking after your staff. Um, this was the first year that I ran a leadership camp for our core group of um, leadership. And so we, we ran some stuff around personality and really understanding yourself and how you work as a leader and where you see yourself in the organisation and all of those things. And so we're going to expand that now. I did yeah. that with the first core group of um, eight volunteers and now we're going to expand that to the, the next group of leadership and run a leadership camp for those volunteers too. So again, that might be another way that um, different people might contribute because um, we've got aspiring young people who are exceptional at what they do, but you know, they might be training to be lawyers or accountants or whatever else in their day jobs. So um, that might be another way on our leadership camp of having some, some people from corporate sector come in and run a session with some of our young people. Okay. Do you have any secret tips on how you do it all? Yeah. What's What's your productivity tip? What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of lists. I am a list person. Oh, okay. Do got, you tick them off or just create new lists? Oh, I cross them off. <laughs> cross them off. Yeah. Of course she is. Do you have an Very app satisfying. or are you just writing them everywhere? No, I have. I, I like the paper copy. Yeah. People always tell me that they want them to have electronic and I do do them electronic as well. Yeah. But I like the old-fashioned paper mm. copy because then you can cross it off properly. Yeah. Whereas otherwise you just delete it or you tick it off and it's gone. So yeah. this is very satisfying for you to be like done. That's done. I can see it's done. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get Do you that. have any apps that you're loving right now or uh, no. <laughs> no, we're just like downloading. looking at your phone like, yeah, no. I'm like, ooh, what app she got? No, um, we're about to go to um, transform tomorrow morning um, a conference in, in Melbourne around um, technology mm. and not-for-profits, and so I could have some new apps. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, we just downloaded the conference app uh, oh. last night and <laughs> uploaded our photos and did all of that ready to attend. So, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Cool. cool. Lovely. Well, we're looking forward to the next stage and listening all about it. And we'll definitely see you at the ball in August. Yeah. We'll have to um, dress to impress for I know. that, I think. <laughs> so yeah. any final Silk words? Of, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> any Top final curtain, words of wisdom for our listeners out there? And um, what kind of questions do you want people to message you? I was like, I was thinking about it and I'm just like, you know, I reckon everybody out there should um, message Mel and ask how they can get involved and <laughs> just Mel directly. <laughs> just just get on it <laughs> well I know for me so I listen to Mel and there there is a business um, club that you can uh, put some money to so it's no brainer here you go here's my credit card here's money for me um, because yeah the 100 club isn't it the 100, 100 club? club but yeah. it needs to be higher so yeah, I, I gave a little bit more to it <laughs> yeah uh, so there's a 100 club which businesses can join as well there is the Club 100 program and you're right, um, we are sort of reviewing that at the moment, whether we made different levels of, it, mm. of, of the support. But yeah, the Club 100 program is a really easy way, $100 once a year. And you've also invited us to come down and I want to do it, but on Monday nights I work back at the 
office. Um, you've also invited us to come down to your community feed. Um, so we'll definitely have to do that. Get you've down got, there. Uh, you call the volunteers angels or something like that? Or is there some The Food Night Warriors. Food uh, Night Warriors. That's awesome. They food are Food Night Warriors. Um, and I did say um, community food night, so I can talk to you about what that is like. But then it's really nothing compares to coming and seeing it. Oh. You open up those gates at, uh, at the back of Puddle Jumpers. It's a normal backyard, but you're transformed into this place where there's a little community cafe. There's a market where people collect food. There's children playing games. Um, there's people, you know, eating and having cups of coffee. And it's it's quite a phenomenal experience. Um, the um, governor for South Australia, he came down and um, he had a look and he said to me when we were walking outside, uh, afterwards, he said, Melanie, in the course of my work, I visit lots of charities. And he said, but there is nothing like this. Mm. This place is magical. What you've created is amazing. Yeah, um, it is. And that's what Community Food Nights is really like. Um, we do get a mix of families. We get people that um, have come from far and wide, but then really local families, but also um, kids from camps. So we get children that have been on camps that then want to come back for the social side of things. And so it's quite the mix. And we were very excited this Monday night. We had the very first Puddle Jumpers shuttle bus. So um, the, the bus that was able to drop them. 12 buses, is that right? Yeah. 12-seater. 12 12 yeah, 12-seater. So because where families have to walk up to the community centre, it's not a far walk. It's, you know, a five-minute walk. But if you're carrying bags of groceries backwards, it, it can be a lot. Or if you're trying to get kids up and back. So the free shuttle bus started on Monday night. To the bus stop or where is it going to? So it goes up to the community centre car park and then we go up to the um, train stop and then we go down to the tram stop and back to the car park and um, back to the puddle jumpers. So it just sort of does a 10, 15 minute loop yep. um, for families so that they can get on and off public transport. And you do amazing. full Christmas and Easter shows as well. Are they big events on the calendar, like for the for you guys where you put on a show? Yeah, la- uh, the Christmas this, this just gone was... Um, I don't know, it's probably nothing that I in, ever envisaged. Um, I was standing on a milk crate in the middle of like the crowds of people and no one could hear me. So we had hooked up a microphone and I was standing on this milk crate like, uh, you know, we're now calling these numbers. Like in the, it was just like phenomenal. There was yeah. like people everywhere. I think we, we said there would have been about 600 and something people that had come to that food night um, at Christmas. Um, children had received a present. Um, that went home with mum or dad and um, they received, we had like a Christmas raffle. So we, we had um, some hams donated and Christmas trees and things like that, but there wouldn't have been enough for one per family. So we just did a free raffle and then families right. could get, you know, a meat wow. tray or something. You are wow. incredible. I love that you're not sitting in an ivory tower. No. You are down in On the, the milk tr- crate. On the milk crate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, did you question like, were you on the milk crate? People will be like, who is this lady? <laughs> no, one of, the, one of the volunteers, like, no, because people were like, it was people like, I was like walking through and they're like, oh, hey, Mel, how are you going? Yeah, yeah. I was like, don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, at one point, one of the volunteers was like, what can I do? And I was like, you can take over for a minute, yeah. like just a minute, just Give me a rest. Yeah. Wow. Wow. yeah. You are incredible. Let's all get on board. Puddle jumpers, let's share their posts, uh, like their pages, um, definitely chat with Mel and get involved <laughs> and um, let's volunteer. Uh, let's volunteer this year. Yeah. Absolutely. Gives, and we can donate some food as well. Is that right? Or our clothes can go to the op shops. Yeah. 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 And we do giveaways at food nights as well. So they do have clothes and things there. Yeah. But awesome. yeah, absolutely. Um, especially as it's heading into winter, even um, pantry items. For, mm. for families it's good Absolutely. we um we extended i should have said too we extended our community food night into the city 
So um, uh, at seven o'clock, everything's packed up at um, Glandor, and then we go into Whitmore Square and we feed the homeless in the city wow, as well. So, wow, just something yeah. more amazing. I know, to add to your story. Like every time you talk, it's something <laughs> yeah. you're doing. No, yeah. it's really good. It's really good to hear, and I'm looking forward to getting involved. That's for yeah. sure. So let's all join that group of volunteers, and we can find out what Where is can, the next what thing what our to do. Are. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the strengths. That's it. Yeah. Do I get me in the kitchen, please? No, it's terrible. Send, send her the food. Of course. Dishes. <laughs> no, no right, I wouldn't even get her to wash dishes. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So there'll be a spot. Yeah. I was gonna say. I thought Miriam was the like. Yeah. Hustler. Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, definitely looking forward to, um, yeah, just seeing your journey. You're such an incredible woman yeah. and inspire all of us, regardless if we're in business or if we're trying to help other people in the community, even if we're just trying to further our career, you are just give it your whole heart, like yeah. you're 150% yeah. in. Yeah, oh, thank you. And yeah. yeah, to see the impact that you're having with these kids is just unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. You are the best. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thanks, Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye -bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We are getting awesome feedback from our viewers and listeners, and we want to hear from you. What was your key takeaway, your lessons learned, something you can relate to, or your aha moment, and share it on our Facebook and Instagram. You can also visit our sisterthatslay.com.au website to see what we've been up to. This podcast has been brought to you by Miriam's business, Fab Tax Accountants. We make your life easier, keep your books clean, and accounting and tax can even be fun so you can love your numbers.